What's up, top of the list listeners? It's RB and Dom. Say what's up, Dom. What's up? And we're back again for another top of the list movie review. The sixth installment and final installment, as I'm sure many will say mercifully, the final installment of the Jurassic films. Jurassic World Dominion is the subject of this episode. So if you sat through the two hour and 26 minute masterpiece or monstrosity, whatever you want to call it, uh, Jurassic World Dominion, stay right here. If you haven't yet, we're going to be coming at you with spoilers. So, uh, you know, hit pause, go see it, and then come back and hear our review, hear our thoughts of Jurassic World Dominion. But that's what we're going to be reviewing today. So uh, without further ado, Dom, why don't you jump in? I know you have a little bit more of a cynical side for these Jurassic films than I do. I know we, uh, you know, a plug for our previous episodes. We've done a review of the first five, one of our very first episodes. We're big fans of the first two Jurassic Park films, Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park The Lost World. Everything after that has been less than stellar, let's call it that. But what were your thoughts on this one, Dom? Yeah, um, you know what? I was actually excited to go see this um, because I wanted to see if they could make a movie worse than Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> and I, they did not disappoint me on that front because I, after walking out of the movie theater, I was driving home with my mom and uh, I, was, I was telling her, I was like, I can't wait to go on top of the list with RB tomorrow <laughs> and shit all over this movie. It's going to be so much fun. Um, but, you know, before I do give my like negative thoughts on this movie, I, I do want to preface this with one of the biggest positives of this film, which was everybody behind the camera. Everybody that was working on the sets, everybody that was working on the visual uh, effects in this film. I mean, we've said it before for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and the other Jurassic Parks, but whoever, all the people that are behind the visual effects department, um, I mean, hats off to them because they do a phenomenal job in these movies. The dinosaurs look incredible. Those sequences are fantastic. So I, I do want to give my hats off to the special effects people, as well as the practical effects. There is one specific sequence we'll talk about that was very redeeming to see with some awesome practical effect um, dinosaurs, animatronic dinosaurs. So, uh, But I'll, I'll go into more detail with that later. But um, yeah, so for me, as far as my score goes, I'm wondering if... I should say, like, is this movie just as bad or worse than Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? That's where I sit on this one. Um, I, I I think I gave Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, like, a three. Yeah, I think you gave it a three and a half. A three and a half? Okay, so I would either give this a three and a half as well, or, you know, may I could be convinced maybe a four, because... I think that there were some aspects that were slightly, I mean, ever so slightly better in this film. Um, but I, I would not give this anything above a four because, in my opinion, this is a bad movie, unfortunately. Um, but I do have to say, I, I, sorry, this is a long monologue by me, I'll, and I'll go into more detail after you get your share, RB. But um, I do have to say, if you if you want to go and see this movie... Um, I, I, I totally am fine. With, I'm not trying to tell people to not see this movie. I'm just saying, don't go to this movie if you want to get a good and engaging story um, by any means. But if you want to go and see the dinosaurs, like I know a lot of my, my friend Hunter, he's going to see it today. He's like, yeah, dude, I, I really just kind of checked out on the story. I just want to go see some awesome dinosaurs and stuff like that. I mean, that's what these movies are for at the end of the day, now at least, is that you just want to go see the dinos. You want to see the great special effects. You want to see all of that. 
So if you want to go see that, go ahead. Um, I'd probably give this a four, actually. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give this one a five out of ten. Okay. Um, this is a, a terrible movie, as, <laughs> as you said. Yeah. I remember watching the opening sequence of this film, the, the chase, the, chase scene through the cattle farm where they're breeding, dinos- breeding genetic dinosaurs. <laughs> um, but... This movie for me, one, hit all the nostalgia points. You know, having the old cast and the new cast together and how they interacted. I think despite despite the horrendous screenwriting, these actors are still strong actors and I like their chemistry. The old the original three, Laura Dern, Sam Neill, and uh, and Jeff Goldblum, and our new our, our new cast, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt. I like their chemistry. I think they're good actors. I think they sold it. And I think what they did, I don't know if the screenwriters did this as well, but definitely how they acted it, they knew this film was going to be bad. And the whole film watching it, it was like we were in an inside joke with them. It was like they're having a good time doing ignorant stuff, for lack of a better term. <laughs> I mean, there is one scene in particular. I am a huge Jeff Goldblum fan. If he had broken out and done like a apartments.com monologue mid-film, I would have been okay with it because I love everything Jeff Goldblum does. But there's a scene where Jeff Goldblum just sitting there and Chris Pratt has like the raptor on his back. And he goes, you're carrying a raptor on your back? And Jeff, Chris Pratt's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, it's like it was. we were part of their inside joke because we know – who Dr. Ian Malcolm is. We know what his character is. We know how Chris Pratt is sort of the antithesis of everything, you know, Malcolm says with chaos theory, you can't control everything, Chris Pratt. I can control the Raptors. And they get to meet together. And I think the chemistry of the actors in this is very enjoyable. That being said, the story, the character development, just about everything else in this film is terrible. But for the nostalgia purposes, and for the way that the actors played their roles, knowing this was going to be a terrible movie and just kind of making it a farce, I loved it. Yeah, I do have to say, seeing seeing the original cast in this movie was pretty awesome. That's one of the reasons why I I did, you know, say like, you know, it's it's I, I'd say it's about just as bad as Fallen Kingdom, if not just like I said, slightly, ever so slightly better. Jeff Goldblum saves a lot of scenes in this movie. I do have to say, seeing his character, I mean. This is his character, you know. He 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 pulled it off in one and two at, as like you know it, it, he's the best character in both of the original Jurassic Park films one and two, yep. um, and and that's for good reason because he knows what to do in this state um, and this character. Um, and now I, I that, think I yeah. think we talked about this too, but just a, a callback to our viewers. I, I'm pretty sure I've read that in the original Michael Crichton novel, Jurassic Park, they kill off Jeff Goldblum's character. But when they started making sequel films, Jeff Goldblum, Dr. Ian Malcolm, was such a beloved character, they had to keep him alive so they could keep him in the in the film series. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a fan favorite for a reason, and he does it again in this one. Um, despite his reasoning for being at the research facility being very vague and yes. not making any sense at all, I think he explains it away with saying, I have five kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, and and just having him in this movie doesn't really make sense because of the whole thesis of this new trilogy was that dinosaurs are animals and should be taken care of and are our friends. They're not murderous beasts like in the... Uh, 
it, like in the original movie, I mean, I, we said it in the, I said it in the original uh, review of their, uh, we did of the Jurassic series. Um, in Jurassic Park 1, I gave it a 10 out of 10. It's one of the best movies ever made, in my opinion, honestly. It's one of the most suspenseful, thrilling, incredible, visual, cinematic, I could say it all, all day long. One of the reasons why that movie is so incredible is because it's a horror movie. Yeah. Through and through. When they first introduced the Velociraptors, which in this movie we see a lot of Velociraptor-like creatures, um, they describe them as murderous beasts. They are smarter than humans. They had to put up electric fences because they were climbing out of their cage. Yeah. And this and one chewing through the electricity. Remember, chewing through the yeah. electricity. That's it how murderous they were. Yeah, yeah, they were that desperate. And in this one, um, they go on a rescue mission to save Blue. The which I guess we're naming these murderous beasts now. Beta. Right, they go to they go to save Beta, which is Blue's Blue's uh, because offspring. Chris Pratt promised Blue <laughs> yes. that he would bring her back. I'm gonna bring her back, and I'm so glad that Jeff Goldblum says you made a promise to a, a dinosaur. Yes, I, I love that. I, you're Once right. Again, I'm we're glad in you on did the that. Inside joke. Yep, exactly. And, and I mean, I, I, at least they were able to make fun of how stupid this movie yep, is. Yep. Um, but, but yeah, we're, we're treating we're treating Beta. Like she's a, a straight a stray cat that someone found, and now oh no, someone took the cat. Yeah, and I mean, I just don't get how the dinosaurs have now taken over the entire globe, even though they were released in um, wasn't it they were they were released in the United States at the end of the last film. Somehow they made it all the way over the globe, which is not explained. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, one part of it is it's explained a little bit in that yeah. now this intro. That one, you've got this company, Bio, Biosyn, who's, you know, built the sanctuary in Italy, but you also have a large black market trade for dinosaurs. And I think that's how they've made it across the world. We see that scene in Malta where they're saying, okay, we need these ones sent to Riyadh. Yeah. So I, my guess The whole be- black market scene was so dumb to me. I don't know about you, RB, but I feel like this movie, like you said, is two hours and 26 minutes. They could have cut out the first half of this movie, I think, honestly. The whole mission in Malta, everything that was going on there, the whole black market where they're having, like, pit fights with dinosaurs. I mean, come on. I I I don't know. That was was to make it... I I almost felt with this film, a lot of this film was more an Indiana Jones-style film than a a Jurassic Park film, yes. I I mean, we, we set up a location, and every Jurassic Park film has had a location, whether it was Isla Nublar in the in the first film, whether it was Site B in the second film, whether it was Jurassic World in the third film and then later on in the fourth film with the erupting volcano. Here they set up this sanctuary of dinosaurs in the Dolomite Mountains in Italy, but it takes us two-thirds of the movie to get there. And instead, we're around the world. I mean, literally, they're trying to make it so that the world has become a Jurassic World. I mean... How dumb is this? And that they're just expecting humans to live with dinosaurs? I mean, like, like I'm not going to be a broken record because I already explained it in the other review. You could go watch it. But, I mean, the original thesis of Jurassic Park was scientists fucked up. They shouldn't yep. have made yep. these monsters, and we should let nature correct itself. Yep. Because they were never supposed to exist again. They went extinct for a reason. And for some reason, the writers just don't understand that. They and It's like they never watched the first movie. Here's, here's the biggest flaw with this film and I think further the entire series but let's start with this film the opening sequence is a news report on the app news app now this saying 
can humans and dinosaurs coexist? Is this possible? People are starting to lose belief. And the final sequence is, without anything changing, humans and dinosaurs are going to peacefully coexist. We get that scene with the horses running with the dinosaurs, the elephants with the triceratops. Stupid! The, the whales with the giant beasts that pulled the ship down. How about at the end, have- they're... How about at the end, RB? They're, they're in front of, I think it's the Capitol building, and there's a little girl feeding a dinosaur right from her hand. Yeah, like, and Sam Neill said, I'll never get used to that. I mean, uh, th- her hand would be ripped off if this yep. was the first yep. Jurassic Park. Yep. <laughs> like, this, this was, this, the, the scene, I thought going into this movie, if they were going to make it a good movie, this was going to be a movie similar to Planet of the Apes about the extinction of the human race. Exactly. That's what I thought it had to be if they wanted to make it a good movie. Exactly, and they did. They didn't go there. No, they they this made a carbon a family copy. Family franchise. It's a. They made it into a family franchise. They made a carbon copy. Um, one thing I do want to mention here, RB, is that um, this sequel is everything uh, that Top Gun Maverick did right. Um, you know, they did wrong in this movie. What Top Gun Maverick did right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this movie is made just for nostalgia's sake. They had no story worth telling. It's exactly the same as what we've seen before. Um, Top Gun Maverick was a story that was similar, but completely expanded upon and elevated to whole new levels emotionally, um, you know, from character development standpoints, from a suspense standpoint. I mean, Top Gun Maverick is the epitome of what a nostalgic movie sequel should be. This is the pitfall of what a nostalgic movie sequel should be. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with Let, you here. Can we talk about my favorite part of this movie, RB? And I say it. that sarcastically. Um, the I, I can't remember the. I think it's Maisie is her name. Yeah, Maisie, Charlotte, Charlotte's clone daughter. So we get an explanation of how she came to be in this movie, and it was because Charlotte, her mother, um is able to have her own babies and pre- produce without a male. Yes. What? Let's, so let's many just, questions, yeah. Yeah, let's digest that for they, a second they, and, there, RB. And they just kind of brushed over it. Now, <laughs> yeah. I, I, what? Yeah. She's a raptor. They, they've gone from, from, I'm like the dinosaurs because I'm a clone too, to now, well, the dinosaurs could do it in Jurassic Park, so let's make humans able to do it too. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm on board, RB. That, that's such a great <laughs> plot point. That is such a great oh, writing geez. standpoint to have in this film. Uh, yeah, that, no, with no reason at all to, to have that. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, they could have kept her a clone. They could have yeah. kept her a clone and kept it that her mom was a brilliant scientist who was able to make sure her clone didn't have the same genetic deficiencies that she did. Why would they go any further than that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me let me give you my pitch, RB. I just want to – I had a great idea last night of how they could have fixed this movie. Let me give you a pitch real quick, RB. I want to get your take on it. Like you said, we got to have some sort of extinction event here at the beginning of this film. The dinosaurs are out. They take over man, kind of like War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Maybe military is the only thing that's able to survive this takeover. Yep. Um, so let's say, okay, we already had the foundation there. We, at the beginning of this movie, we have Chris Pratt and Dice, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and uh, Maisie, their daughter, at, living in a cabin in the woods. That's great. 
Yeah. There's no humans around. The only reason it makes sense because the only reason they're able to survive is because Chris Pratt is able to train raptors. He knows these beasts. He's able to avoid them. He knows their hunting patterns. He knows where to go to avoid them. They're yep. able to survive this extinction event. There's no other humans around. It's just the three of them. Okay. Maybe their family gets destroyed or their their house gets destroyed or something goes wrong and they have to go and find a new home and they have to find a holdout in a military base because God knows we don't need another scientific company to be taking over in one of these films. So we get a military base because that makes sense that military would survive a dinosaur uh, apocalypse. Yep. And in this base that they find, this family, the family of three finds, we go to the dinosaur base, or no, we go to the military base, sorry. Yep. Yeah, and they enter this military base, and okay, you still want the original cast in this film? Fine. The original cast is there because they've already survived this from the original movie, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And they're there because they're all scientists trying to find a way to make the dinosaurs go extinct again. How do they make the dinosaurs go extinct again? They already had it in this movie. Her genes, the clones' genes, are what are able to make the locusts go extinct yep. in this film. How about we just transfer that over? Her genes are what or what's able to make the dinosaurs go extinct, and that's why they need her DNA. That's why they need to get her to this military facility. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sounds like a great movie. Yeah. It could be easy enough, but... <laughs> so, anyway, sorry for that rant. I just wanted to go off and say that. Um, so, besides the, uh, the character... Uh, the, like you were saying, a lot of the acting came through for you in this movie. Is there anything else that you wanted to praise in this film? Yeah, uh, just one one more character that I thought was very true to form that I really enjoyed his uh, performance was Campbell Scott as Dr. Dodson. Mm -hmm. I felt like every time we see a charismatic millionaire genius, or a, a millionaire genius, he is charismatic. Whereas I felt watching Campbell Scott play Dr. Dodson it felt like watching a Elon Musk type or, you know, a sort of a, a, a genius who's socially Steve stunted. Steve Jobs, yeah. Elon Musk, Richard Branson, you know, someone who's more subdued, someone who is, because he has all this brain power, maybe isn't, you know, the, the so, is more of a social misanthrope, for lack of a better terms. I was expecting that it'd be some sort of twist with him because out of nowhere he goes, Hey, uh, uh, do, you, do you have any food? Do you, do you have one of my bars? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that must be something. Like, maybe he's got something going on with his genes, too, and that's why he needs the girl. Um, he's just fucking weird. And the way that he reacts when, like, shit, shit hits the fan, um, <laughs> he's just the like, chair bunch. Yep. Just do it. <laughs> he just yeah. freaks out, like, okay, uh, this guy's terrible. That's true, yeah. that's true to form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, guess so. Can you imagine if Elon Musk is trying to launch SpaceX and he knows it's going <laughs> to fucking kill everyone in it? That's what he's going to do. And then he's going to say, okay, tear it down and spend another $2 billion. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, what I didn't understand, and maybe you got this, RB, because the okay. story confused me at one point. Yeah. Why I get why the um, the scientist that created the locust he wanted to correct his mistake. That's why he Woo, wanted Maisie yeah. there. Woo! He wanted Maisie there to get her genes so he could eliminate the locust. Why the hell did Dodgson right? Why did he want her there? Why was he spending all this money to get her he, there? He wanted he wanted to get rid of the locust too. Was my oh, okay. understanding. All right. My understanding was he the locust worked. Because they wanted the locusts to feed on all crop supply that wasn't created by biosyn. Right. He, but they multiplied far beyond they ever thought. 
so he wanted to be able to get rid of them quietly, just have them sort of blow over rather than it financially ruining bias. That was my understanding. Yeah. Well, while we're on the subject, let's talk about Maisie a little bit more. Besides her backstory of, of being able and she to can, reproduce. And she can, she can communicate with the dinosaurs. Apparently she can communicate with the dinosaurs yeah. as she well. She knows what they want and she whispers to people. She can whisper, do this, and the dinosaurs will listen. And then they listen. I know that they're making this film for children, but I mean, could we at least put her in a little bit of peril? I mean, she's been kidnapped and they don't even tie her up or blindfold her or put like a gag on her like in every other movie that they that has someone being kidnapped. They never tie her up at all. She's free to roam around. Um, they they say, aren't menacing get, to her get, in any way. Get, get, get in the car. Yeah. And she goes, I don't want to. Did I say you had a choice? And she goes, okay, I'll walk over to the car. No, no peril at all. No fight back. And nope, then, of she course, she's, in, yeah. she's in the car, and they're driving away, and she says, she says, where are we going? Are we going to get there anytime soon? And then the, the driver that apparently kidnapped her goes, we'll be there soon. Yes. Like, really? You're going to comfort her? How yeah. about you say, hey, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> let's do something like that. Do something yeah. crazy. Like, yeah. you know? I, I mean, she, then that would make her. Then you could at least feel for her, like, okay, yeah, oh, like she, like when she meets uh, Alan Grant and um, Ellie Sadler, she could say, like, they, they're already asking her, hey, are you okay? And instead of reacting like, man, I just got kidnapped, I'm kind of traumatized. She's like, she's like, I can't believe I had a mother. Yeah. Like, really, that's what you're caring about? You just got kidnapped by these people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like they could have put her in a little more peril, at least, and then there would be at least some sort of character arc there too. Yep. Yep. Um, let's talk about the dinos, RP. We gotta yeah. talk about the dinos. Um, some great designs in this movie, I do have to say. I liked a lot of the, you know, half bird, half dinosaur creatures. Those were yeah. kind of cool. I mean, I, I think that was something they went for in this film that I liked. So, they stayed true to form. Jurassic Park, at the time it was released, people believed that reptiles were are the descendants of dinosaurs. Now we know in today's modern world that dinosaurs were actually descendants of birds, birds of prey. Mm -hmm. So when they went and said, Oh yeah, no, they're, these dinosaurs are unaltered DNA. They would tend to look more like birds. They'd have the feathers and whatnot. So I like that in the beaks. Me too. I think they, I thought that was, they great. thought that through, but not the rest of the movie. Right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, this, yeah. So that was really neat. Um, what I wasn't crazy about is we have established some really cool dinosaurs in this series. There, was, there wasn't really a need to add all these more dinosaurs. I couldn't even tell you. They kept on mentioning, wow, the largest carnivore on Earth and bringing it. What was that? Like, I, I don't know. The, I, they, they, it was so loud or they muttered it so softly every time because they didn't want to spook it. You didn't even understand. I mean, I thought the T-Rex was the, the thing or the, the Indominus Rex that they created. Now there's something bigger. Yeah, I mean, at least Jurassic World, the first one, did it right. You know, you can remember the Indominus Rex because they had a big reveal. They had a lot of buildup to it. You know, you knew it was a, a crossbreed of some sort yeah. that they yep. made. There I mean, was just no ex explanation, no buildup, no... Yeah, this yeah. one, they introduced a bunch of dinosaurs that we'd never seen before, like the bird running on the ice thing that could dive into the ice, and the thing with the long claws, I don't even know what it was called, that challenged Looks cool, it. though. Look cool. <laughs> yeah. But let's be honest. You go to Jurassic Park and even Jurassic World movies for one dinosaur. Yeah. And one dinosaur alone. And that's the T-Rex. And what did we have? We had a giant circle fountain that the T-Rex could pause and pose in to be in the logo of the film. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Which half of me wanted to <laughs> laugh and half of me wanted to cry. 
Yeah. Because it was so stupid because you knew from the minute you saw that circle when they first landed at Biosyn, that's how they were going <laughs> to utilize it. Yep. But, to be fair, it was pretty badass to see. Yeah, yeah it was cool to see it. it. And it was a callback to the original Jurassic Park, I think, when they also do something similar to that yep. um, with, like, the banner that yep, comes in, down. In, in the visitor center. In the visitor center, yep. absolutely. So it was a callback at least. Um one thing I want to talk about in that final fight, and then one thing that happens previously to that. Um, in the final fight, I guess the T-Rex and this monster, the long dinosaur claw. with long claw things, yeah. I guess they team up here at the end. And yep. I, I was sitting next to my mom in the theater, and yep. she goes, when they, when they kill the giant, the, the apparently the biggest carnivore on the, the yep. world has ever known, when they kill it, my mom goes, what, they teamed up? Like, she said that in the movie. They specifically made a whole point in the movie that there can only be one apex predator. (laughs) Two apex predators team up to beat one apex predator. That doesn't make sense. That does not track. Yeah, I I was as aghast as my mom was when she said that, so I thought that was pretty hilarious. Yeah, so Um, that that made no sense. That being said, there's one one more thing about a dinosaur they brought back, and I couldn't be happier about it, is they finally brought back the Dilophosaurus. That was so cool. The things with the, the iguanas that spit, things. That spit, yeah, spit the, the mud that paralyzed you. Yeah. And for the most part, uh, except for a few scenes, practically they brought him back. You mm-hmm. know, when they yep. showed just the head, that's yep. real. That's just like they did in the original Jurassic Park, yep. which is a great segue to my favorite scene in the movie. It, I, I was finally locked in at this point when we get all of our characters finally meet together. We get the whole squad together old and new, yep. and they meet at this, um, there's like an elevated pad where they have to climb up the ladder, it's after they crash the jeep, yep. and they all meet together, and then we get an awesome scene with a real animatronic dinosaur, um, it's not the T-Rex, but it's the world's biggest carnivore one yep. that they, we yep. don't know the name of, mm-hmm. um, they finally built a real animatronic dinosaur, and let me tell you, I felt an inkling of suspense for the first time in the whole series here, because... I mean, I, I want to know where you sit on this, RB, but for me, I don't feel scared when I see... Like, I feel a little bit scared when I see these CG dinosaurs, but seeing these actors actually react to something that isn't just a tennis ball, you know, that's put over special effects later, seeing them actually react to a real animatronic dinosaur right there in front of them, you could finally see they were scared of something. You could finally see the teeth and the drool in its mouth and everything. Yep. It was incredible. I loved that sequence. It, it really was. And um, just just so we're on the same page here, for those of you diehard paleontology fans or Jurassic Park fans, it is, and, and this is a real genus, called the Gigantosaurus. Um, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I thought that was a joke. I had to just look it up to see if that, it, it is an actual genus of dinosaur that they named it because it was the largest carnivore on Earth. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that was excellently done. Anything, I think, as terrible as the writing was in this film and the story was and the characters were, I like the acting and I like the, the CG and the practical effect dinosaurs, both of them. Could, I mean, the could C- you tell the difference between the CG and the practical effect or did you just kind of see it as one? Uh, I, I mean, I knew I knew with the Dilophosaurus, I didn't know about the, uh, the Gigantosaur in that scene. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the CG has gotten so good, it is hard to tell, but I think I could tell. And, and the one thing I always can tell by is the teeth. If you look at the teeth of the dinosaur in those close-ups, you can tell, okay, that looks like a real tooth that they made like from you know some sort of polycarbonate or bone or whatever that they were able to use. Um, when you look at the CG dinosaur teeth, it doesn't look quite right. Um, gotcha. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the close-ups of the eye, 
I love looking at the close-up of the eye. That's when they do something real like that. You can't really get that level of detail with CG. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So that was a, that was a big positive for me. I, I that for me that the cost of the ticket was paid off right there when we got to see the animatronic dinosaur. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but as bad as this movie was, if you're looking to turn off your brain and just get some pure entertainment, it was entertaining. Absolutely. I walked away from this film. There have been films I've given the same or lower scores where I have walked away angry that I spent money on a ticket. Yes. I walked away from this film laughing, saying that was terrible, but hell, it kept me entertained for the entire two and a half hours. I had a good time still. Yeah. You know, I yeah. still had a good time. If you just tune out the story and what's going on with all that, mm-hmm. then you just just there to have a good time. You can really enjoy this one. Um, I thought that there was another great action sequence too when he's running away from the raptors on the motorcycle and there's like a through car Malta. chase at the same time. Yeah. Through Malta. I thought that was pretty great. I thought that was a good sequence. What was dumb about that sequence was they bill it as, oh, they're deadly. Once you're marked with the laser, you can never escape. And then we see all three, all four people who are marked with the laser escape. No suspense, no nope. consequences, no yep. peril. They're afraid to show peril. I'm going to say this is my last point on the movie, RB. I mean, this is where they went wrong. I mean, in this movie, they had people being bit by dinosaurs, but not a drop of blood. And we don't see them. We see, you know, we see, we hear the chomp. Yeah. And maybe sometimes we'll see the person like, oh, you know, when they get its arm in that black market scene in Malta. Yeah. But you never actually see the dinosaur with a human in their mouth. And they, they die. And the when they die to a dinosaur, it's always off screen. Yep. Yep. And, I mean, one of our favorite parts from Jurassic Park, Samuel Jackson gets his arm ripped off and blood is splurting everywhere all over Ellie Sattler. Yep. I mean, it's awesome. It's so awesome. Like, why couldn't they just do something like that? Yeah, I agree. I wish. Agreed. Uh, but anyway, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with the bad movie on this one. You know, we list four as bad, so I'll give this one a four. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it at average, like I said, for the reasons of it felt like watching an inside joke. Being able to watch all of these from start to finish – they hit just enough of the nostalgia point for me and were able to get just enough of these inside jokes to, to make it an average film for me, a 5 out of 10. All right, so with that said, you guys can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, give us a five-star review. Leave a comment and a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you want us to review next. Um, we have an episode review of Obi-Wan Kenobi out right now that you can watch and uh, check out. It was episode five, so make sure you watch the episode first and then go back and watch our, uh, or listen to our review of that because there is spoilers. Um, we have this episode out, and then next week we'll be watching the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi, episode six. Um, we'll be watching that and reviewing it, as well as Lightyear, the new Pixar film, Buzz Lightyear, um, not the toy, but the story behind the toy is being told with Chris Evans as the voice, which I'm very excited to see. So um, we'll be reviewing that as well. Did I leave anything else out, RB? No, I think that's it. Um, As you guys know, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So thanks for tuning in on whatever platform you're listening on. sure to leave us a five-star review. Leave a, a comment. Let us know what your thoughts were on this film. Did you agree with us? Was this sort of a two-and-a-half-hour glutton for punishment, or uh, did you enjoy this film? And what aspects did you like that you disagree with us? But thanks for watching another episode of Top of the List, everybody. Later.